join us for MMA FanCast right now. We're going to talk about Johnny Bones Jones, the Ultimate Fighter 24 finale, Conor McGregor getting his boxing license. What is that all about? The aging light heavyweight and heavyweight divisions in the UFC, as well as Beef Stew being new to the podcast. Join us right now. Down. So, welcome to the MMA Fancast. It's not the MMA It fan is cast. the MMA Fancast. It's cast. MMA Fancast brought to you by Octagon247.com. Okay, so, so, 10 seconds ago, we heard Bruce Buffer say, it's time. It is this time. Is my, this is my intro. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan, that includes you. I am Jim Sahara Mooney. I'm your host tonight. Ryan's taking the evening off, but we may let him speak. Hopefully, he doesn't go into his rants like he normally does. So tonight, it's going to be a lot of Sahara and Terry Dactyl. Oh, Terry Dactyl's yes, in the house. Terry Dactyl is the co-host. I sure am, What's up? What's up? What's up? I like it. I like it. Hey, guys, what about me? So we do have this other person in the room with us in our studios. Here at Pod, here at uh, where are we at? MMA Fancast, and you are. I'm the real TerryDactyl.com. Okay, so we have TerryDactyl.com now. Sure do. All right, so we'll have a link for you on Octagon247.com for TerryDactyl.com. I don't know when that site's going to be up, but <laughs> just keep <laughs> looking for it. Demanded by the fans. It you you will see it posted along with. Casual Fan Friday. Which, there was a Casual Fan Friday. Like no, was there was no Casual Fan Friday. There was just a casual, it's my casual I mean, cadence of posting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I thought we established that, like, we got rid of the Casual Fan Friday. We're still going to call it well, Casual Fan Friday. Correct, correct. Because it's, I mean, there's a certain amount of pressure that comes there's with no having pressure. to commit to an article a week. Whoa. <laughs> now, I mean, off, every on. single week. Come on. Off air, didn't we talk about you as a baby and how long it took you to start walking? And then you immediately started talking about you were a late age driver. You didn't get your license right so, away. So that's and a, somehow the word lazy came in. <laughs> so the only area that I developed very fast in is I walked at nine months. But every other area I developed later. Okay. 19 before I drove. Um, yeah, it was all late. <laughs> so your your fandom, your expertise in the MMA world is, is going to be late blooming, late developing? I don't know. I think you guys said it best. I don't think I'll ever be a hardcore fan. That's a true I, statement. I, I do think, though, that as I get more familiar with fighters – that it's easy to have favorites. Like, you know, before 203, when we went to 203, I would have never thought that I'd be a Mickey Gall guy, you know? And now I'm like, I'm rooting for him. I can't wait to see the fight on December 17th. So you never know how these things play out. I, I like, you know, I like I like the big draws, but there's, there's some up-and-coming fighters I'm starting to pay attention to as well. Okay, so we just had um, a fight night. It was the uh, Tough 24 um finale 
which featured the uh, the main event of Tim Elliott and uh, Mighty Mouse. Did you have any interest in anything else besides that fight? No, um, I did. I I started watching. I think it somewhere around midnight and didn't realize that it would take that. Wow, that is really obnoxious. <laughs> I didn't think it would. I didn't think it would actually go that late. I thought that I'd be able to catch catch it at midnight. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. So I did see the 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 cage defeat Jake Ellenberger via toehold submission. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about that. You and I talked about that on the way in. A veteran of the octagon finally got its first victory. And the cage that was the had cage his first defense. victory. Yeah. So, Rye Dog. Is awfully, I like it though. He's awfully quiet tonight. Have you noticed this? I have noticed that. Yeah. So I what do you a, think about? That? I haven't heard a peep out of him. No. All I've heard of is uh, is TerryDactyl.com. Hey guys, I'm right here. Don't <laughs> act like you don't see me. We're gonna have to give his wife a call and see if he's like this at home. If he's this quiet at home, <laughs> you got nothing to say. Uh, no, I'm I'm letting um, you're the host. He's letting it emerge. Okay. So, so what, jump into it, host. All right. So I know you, Ryan. You had a conflict of interest watching I did. the fights. And be honest with you, I was uh, I was out with my wife last night, and there were multiple TVs playing the Penn State game and UFC, and I had a rooting interest in the Penn State game because I'm a Pitt fan, and I know that Pitt had mopped the floor with Penn State at the beginning of the year. <laughs> and and you got to admit, though, that that's the black eye on Penn State's season this year. Yeah, they lost to a crappy team. Pitt, Pitt beat Penn State and Clemson. You yeah, can't call them a, a crappy team. And they lost to Little I'll Sisters say, of the Poor. <laughs> so, wait, wait, wait. Okay, Tell us so about this hot just date night say, at the Western Sizzler. The Western Sizzler. No, we went... Um, <laughs> Where did we go? We the went ground to, round. We did not. I wish the ground round was still around. But oh, I wish it was around. Um, no, we went down to. Uh, I don't know if I can say it on the air, but Fox Chapel Yacht Club. And, yeah, you can say it. Okay, Fox Chapel Yacht, Yacht Club. Club. It's a hotty toddy, ritzy, high class joint. Of course, which because I was there. Because you look like Mickey from the from the Rocky movies. Right? <laughs> Not sure what that means. Hey yo! So you and I were talking about those moments when People I wanted can't see who you're when I wanted to, to strangle right Dan. Remember that? And I said no. Hey yo, no, Bolly! Because strangle means there's deadly intent, and I said choking. But now I'm at that strangling point. Can we talk about <laughs> this? Was an amazing football weekend for for me. We have Penn State, who I'm a big fan of. They Go into this weekend, and they come out the Big Ten champions. They barely, they make it to the top five. Didn't make the top four, so don't make the college that football game, playoffs. They, they started to poop the bed early. They always do that. That's been them the, the whole year. Even games they lost, that was And them. they're playing in the Rose Bowl now, right? They're playing in the Rose Bowl. Wow. So How long has that Penn been? Penn State is back. 95 is the last time I remember them being in the Rose Bowl. Oh, I don't know. Has it been since then? That's the last Rose Bowl I remember. Yeah, I don't know. Were you even alive in 95? Barely. 
barely. That's when you started walking, right? <laughs> Dude, that's when you hit your 75th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. 1920 is your Okay, year. so let's talk about relevant issues. How about, so, how about <clears throat> Conor McGregor and the boxing license? Well, we could jump to that. Because or? that's, well, that's been a big... Um, You're the host. you got to take control of this room. you got to be the man Remember to beat the man when I said to, to be you, the man. It was quiet. Ryan yes. was quiet. Yes. I was enjoying that time. <laughs> I liked when he was terrydactyl.com. So we had a lot of things happen last week. Connor was in the news again. Connor, we know, is not going to be fighting until at least April. But he's still making news, and this is in regards to to boxing. On uh, multiple channels, mm. it was announced that. Are you okay? Sorry, I've, I was just dozing <laughs> off. Well, maybe you should get some sleep. Go back. Go back I, to what I, you were doing I, before. I, so yeah, um, multiple news outlets announced, including Octagon247.com, that he had applied for. Um, a boxing license in California. There were some other states that he went through the application process with as well, or he was pursuing that. And he was granted the license in California. Why not go for Vegas right off the bat? I mean, because that, they just find him a ridiculous amount of money. I would not apply for, what? for that. What do they, what do they find him for? For throwing the bottles. Yeah. Oh, it's a big deal. They what fu- does that have anything to do with the boxing license? Because it's the same yeah, commission. It's the same that, commission. But he that, paid. His, he paid his fine. Yeah. So he's not going to bring. He's not going to bring a state, hundred like a hundred million dollars, a hundred million dollar fight, for them to fine him ridiculous amounts. Yeah, but where else is that fight going to happen, besides Vegas, New York? Huh? Where? Wait. You know what? Where did Mayweather and Pacquiao fight? Texas. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That, I just that, always think of Vegas as the fight capital. To me, Vegas is the fight capital. Well, there's been a lot of big fights in Atlantic City. There's Although I, you MSG, know, I shouldn't, yeah, I, MSG, I, I, I shouldn't yeah. say that MSG really should be the fight capital. So I rescind that. That's probably the first time in history that Terry Dactyl has said something that wasn't true. You guys may have just witnessed it. Hmm. <laughs> what do you think, TerryDactyl.com? I think he left. Uh, no, I think... Hey, guys! <laughs> I think all the octagoners have tuned in long enough that they know that there's been untruisms coming from Terry Dyson before. I get nothing but, hey, Terry, so... Hate, what'd you say? Hate, hate mail? No, 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 no. Hate, hate, hate mail. Hey, Terry. Hey, Terry. I hate Love Terry. the show. Love your contribution to it. Keep it up. That's all I get. Probably 10 of those a day. From your wife? Yeah, but see, no, we, I, yeah, and we I re- shut down I, your I, wife's account. I respond to them all as well and thank them. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> enough said. <laughs> so moving on to bigger and better topics. Like anything else. Yeah, like anything else. So the conversation initially was better when it was just me and Terry, but now that we give Terry some time to talk, it's when the show goes downhill. So, Ryan, I'm going to try and give you a chance <laughs> to talk now and see if you can bring some respectability to the show along with me. 
Okay, let's go for go it. Go for it. So we started. What do you to, want to talk so about? Let's, you let's talk guide about. Me. Let's I talk your... about the Tough Twenty Four finale, and your dilemma. With I thought it was the ultimate. The Penn State game finale. Same thing. Okay, so the dilemma was Penn State is kicking some butt, coming back from a twenty-eight to seven deficit in the first half, and bring it within two touchdowns, and then come back. So I'm watching The Ultimate Fighter, and we got some decent fights, and the finale last night, and and to be honest, I don't watch The Ultimate Fighter. You actually advised me, a casual fan, against watching The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, I just don't think it represents what I love about MMA, and so it's just not, I don't know. Well... You know what the uh, what the UFC is trying to capitalize on is the reality shows that are still, you know, the thing to watch and what people tune in when it comes well, to programming. It, it was something that worked for the UFC years ago, mm-hmm. and the, even when they brought Conor McGregor in, the Ultimate Fighter ratings were only six hundred thousand people were watching it then. When the Ultimate Fighter was at its peak and its heyday, it was getting like. Two million viewers. So they yeah, but could, wasn't that after Raw? Correct, but it didn't. I mean, I know you want to credit WWE <laughs> with everything. Any chance I can? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it actually wasn't after Raw. It was only after Raw for like not even a season because okay. Vince McMahon was like, "I don't want this on afterwards." Because we can't it. compete with this. It's real. He saw it as as competition, and so Spike. I mean, they still had the ratings back then, so Spike moved moved on the Ultimate Fighter. I think it was still in the first season when they moved it, because I think they moved it to Wednesday or Thursday night back then. But there's been 24 seasons now. It's run its course. It can't get. This was probably the last season. But the cool thing about WME is they plan. From what my sources tell me, they plan on on doing some original programming, and that's what we can look forward to. Is they're going to bring something new? They're in the entertainment industry, so they're going to have new ideas. Um, you know, you're looking at a product in the Ultimate Fighter that was very stale and very much um, not something that people just weren't watching. And so I'm looking forward to what WME brings. But anyway. Um, watching the fights, I was more, you know, it was such a big, big, uh, big Sports game weekend, yeah. last, last night with oh, Saturday night with Penn State and Wisconsin, the Big Ten Championship that I, I had the dilemma of trying to, trying to watch both at the same time. And it was very difficult, but I did see a lot of the, um, you know, the, the end of the card, the top of the card. So I was able to watch that. And I watched some fights here and there. You know, um, I obviously didn't get to hear the audio. I didn't get to listen to Anik and and Stan making the calls. But um, I was trying to follow it through our Twitter feed. um, And just, you know, catching... Because I couldn't... I didn't have a great view of the the TV that it was being played on. Yeah. Well, Um, I thought Brian Stan did a great job of mentioning... Ricky Lundell, quite a few times. My man, ladies and gentlemen, the world famous <laughs> Ricky Lundell. Uh, He'll be showing up at two oh six. Excuse me, that that's that's Drew Dober. <laughs> so, um, but what I saw 
is now going back to, I think, so we had 200, which definitely did not live up to its hype. And it, I don't want to say it fell flat, but it just, you know, the, uh, the hype was way over top of what actually was produced by 200. So we moved forward to 200, and then 202, awesome card. And it seemed like ever, ever since then, every card that we see has been surprising, including the fight nights where, you know, we talk about the fight nights like Portland, um, the most recent one, uh, Mexico, where there were fights on there that if, if you weren't a hardcore fan, after hearing what's, what happened, you wish you would have tuned in. And the fights that I saw with um, the tough finale, tough 24 finale, was the same thing. We had Sarah, Sarah McMahon and Alexis Davis, awesome fight. Um, obviously, the, the main event, that one... In the very early going of that fight, I was nervous. I thought, we're going to see history made. A shocker. You know, this would have been like Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson. Well, I would I would more compare it to, you know, it would have been very much like GSP and... and um, Matt Hughes. And Matt Hughes. Uh, Matt, Matt, no, Matt Sarah. Matt Sarah, yeah. Um, when, you know, I remember... Um, watching that fight, I was by, I was watching by myself in my living room, not where I currently live, but in my old my old house, and just literally being by myself. My wife's in bed sleeping. I got a kid, or I don't know if I had one or two kids then, but I just went nuts by myself. Like it, that was like that Chris Weidman Anderson Silva moment. That was like a moment you knew you were watching history something that was a landmark moment and and just remember like just getting chills like yeah that was like a great moment in sports um i would highly recommend that would be something dan to uh or watch Terry, that fight. To, to watch that fight and just knowing that gsp was this ridiculous i mean it literally was tyson douglas type of odds you know like nobody was giving sarah a chance and just, I'll just shock the world. It was awesome. Like kind of like CM Punk would have done. Yeah, but didn't. Yeah, <laughs> actually, you know, as a nice little segue, I actually thought, uh, what's the guy's name that fought Mighty Mouse last night? Elliot. Tim Elliott. Tim yeah. Elliott. So we're talking. That's, yeah, I, yeah. I actually, I actually thought. Well, hi, that was welcome to him. the conversation. <laughs> Welcome to the conversation. Well, That's see, what this we were just right talking about. Yeah, with that, he's slow developing. He's, he, you know, oh, I thought, hey guys, hey, 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 I got a point. Hey, off, off time in here. Okay. Hey guys, I thought that 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 guy that was fighting the the black guy in the main event, I thought he was gonna do that. <laughs> All right. So you want to go ahead, Terry? Finish your point. No, that was it. You guys got it. <laughs> All right. So, but Tim Elliott comes into that fight. You, if you throw out the record that he had, you know, it was three victories inside of that tournament, um, the tough tournament. He's t- his record in the UFC is two and four, not impressive at all. And he actually well, he was cut. That's the he whole, was cut. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He had three losses in a row in the UFC and and was cut and then went on a three. 
three fight win streak outside of the UFC. They brought him back for the 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 Ultimate Fighter Battle of the Champions. They brought all champions throughout um, regional circuits and and MMA and the, the, the larger professional MMA, um, you know, regional promoters. Mm-hmm. And brought all those champions in, and and he was the champion of the champions, and gave Mighty Mouse a fight. It was scary. I predicted, my official prediction was a first round TKO by Demetrius Johnson. I just felt like this kid, this guy's not going to come in here and fight at the elite of the elite, the pound for pound king, and be able to hang with him. Um. And he more than hung with him. He, he he gave him the run for his money. Now he won the first round and lost. And my my scoring lost the lost the last four rounds. But each of those rounds, it, the main thing was he got put on his back a lot. But he was more active on his back than than Mighty Mouse was. He had it. He kept doing those open handed palm yeah. slaps. Yeah. yeah, and he had him in more trouble at certain times. And you know, he just couldn't. Avoid that takedown, and he spent a lot of time on his back, and that—that's what. Um, there were some nice scrambles in that fight, some good counter, like you know, I, I thought it was a great, a great main event for what compared to what the expectation was. The one thing that I noticed, and they talked about it early on, was that uh, Demetrius didn't go to his usual game plan, you know, moving in and out and um, throwing a lot of punches. Significant strikes, especially in the first round, were heavily in favor of Elliott. Prior prior to that fight, I was not a Tim Elliott fan at all. Um, I just thought that this is a guy that by far overachieved in uh, this tough 24 and just caught breaks as he went along with the matchups and really that's what that that tournament was but you know kudos to him for what he did throughout that tournament and then definitely last night um but going forward i'm a tim elliott fan now and well i think to watch yeah i think that that he made a lot of fans last night big time the people that were watching were like oh big underdog yeah let's cheer for him and then he comes out well, he he won fans over in the first round by like not backing down and standing in front of Demetrius and not being afraid of his speed and his quickness and his elusiveness and just going out there and laying it all on the line. Now, if he could have been, if he had the the stamina to to hang with, you know, to keep that up for for the future, but he wasn't the same fighter after the first round. He had, he, he was already breathing heavily with his mouth open late in the first round that was a sign of things to come but he was clearly tired but he still went full force the whole fight five rounds yeah um there was there was some news today about elliot and not necessarily his conditioning you know all through that tournament but he had trouble making weight and especially i think the last two fights and this one he didn't think he was going to make it yeah he's a 35er right and and if he can if he can fight like that at um bantamweight 135 he's he's going to make some noise in that division and you know I say give him three fights or so 
and whoever's whoever's champ at that point, if if that same guy that we saw last night is able to continue that momentum and fight that same way. That's what these fights are about. You get an opportunity to gain fans each and every time you step into that octagon. And how you react to that can can gain you gain you fans and gain you a following. And Tim Elliott, through a losing effort, gained a lot of fans last night. Yeah, sometimes when you lose, you still win. Yeah, absolutely. Tim Elliott's the big winner of the night, I think. Even more so than Demetrius. Well, he had nothing to... I mean, what does it mean to be Tim Elliott? Well, you know what, though? He, what what would it mean... What did he have to gain him going to into that fight? Going into that fight. What was there to gain? He beats Tim Elliott. Great. He's Mighty Mouse. He's. It's. It, it was for the streak, yeah. right? It's the, it's the continue the streak. But past that, Tim Elliott was the one that had something to gain. Right. Um, yeah, Tim Elliott mouse, said that himself. I have nothing to lose of course. here. Yeah, he gets to fight, he gets to fight the champ. Nobody expects him to win. That is true, right? And, um, but to go back to yeah, it it was it was all in Tim Elliott's favor, no matter what the outcome was. So if if DJ if if Mighty Mouse had lost, that would have been a huge upset. That would be like you know you fighting me, right? Like because we know because you have. Nothing to lose. I mean, if I if I lose, I got beat by a you know eighty year old guy, geriatric. <laughs> yeah. If you win, you beat up this young stud. But see, the fight would he be might, over. He and might then, just like push his walker into you, and like and then that you would, would be realize, his oh wait, there's a fight going on. I'm going to participate. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. All right, so, so go. I I I just wanted to say that. If I saw you two fight, that would be <laughs> awesome. He actually legit shoot would beat me up. Yeah. I am. Uh, he has old man strength, like a lot of old man strength. This is the only guy I know a that plethora. would that can gain muscle fast and is upset about it. That's true. I can't. I'm not lifting. I gain. <laughs> I get too big. I get too big. I I get too big. I get too muscular. Okay. I'm like I wish I had that problem. Well, genetics, what can I say? Superior genes. So, all right, so we had that fight. And then a um, couple fights before that, we had, I can't pronounce his name. Is it Cannoneer? Yeah. Is it Cannoneer? And then you, you say Kudabala. Kudalaba. Wasn't that the second to last fight? Kudalaba. That was the two coaches, right? Yeah, this was the heavyweight bout. Well, wait, no, where are, where are the two coaches? Light heavyweights. Yeah, where are the two coaches fighting? That was um, the co-main. Okay, right. So that was uh, Benavides and Cejudo, which so we'll get to that in a second. But um, so we had the two light heavyweights who I thought were throwing bombs. Yeah, and those guys were those guys were uh, fighting hard, fighting fierce. Yeah, see, they they were big, big light heavyweights. Oh too. yeah, and each each of those punches, any one of them that landed, I thought was going to be finishing the fight. And uh, the last round, um, Cannoneer was basically just standing there and walking in, expecting a hit and saying, you know, like he was Jason from was it. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I was thinking Michael Myers and Halloween, but still, 
nothing was going to stop him. And and it was it was one of those brawls that you know both guys were willing to trade and and take the risk for whatever the outcome would be. Do you ever like sit sit there and then you get like that like like throat vomit and then it just falls back in and then you like like you taste it after that? That's what I'm experiencing right now. Do you want to know what I had for dinner? You want to smell it? No. Do you want no. Beef stew. Beef stew. That's, that's what it was. That should just, be your nickname. Beef yeah, stew. That's beef what, stew. Yeah, I like it. I'm, beef I stew will it take is. that nickname. Beef stew. And I love beef stew. All right, beef <laughs> stew it is. So, Rod Dog is done. He's retired. Retire Rod Dog. Introducing to you, ladies and gentlemen, Beef stew. No, it's not just. It's beef just stew. beef stew. Look, <laughs> there was nothing. I don't know. I like I, beef stew, Middleton. Yeah. I, I I take it back. I, uh, it's beef stew. Well, it can be for the rest of this podcast, okay. but. So and then, um, Dan, you mentioned or Terry, you mentioned the cage, <laughs> picking up the first victory. Yeah. And we had the co-main event. It's submitted. It's first T T. It's this first submission that was really a TKO. Yeah. Brian Stan was kind Although of guess, up in arms about that and, you know, thought that that was a ridiculous call. So we're talking about right now, we're talking about um, the Jake Ellenberger fight. Um, and he's coming in and I don't know if he, I, I forget exactly how it happened, but he's, you know, charging his opponent who is near the fence and he loses his footing so is it just because no, he like did a he, jump? Okay, things. no, wait, wait, wait. I think I have an idea of why they called it a TKO, because the, what they're saying is because that that fighter is caught and is trapped by the fence that they can't intelligently defend themselves, even if they are like he did. It looked like he was still getting some blocks in. He put his hand up by his head, was kind of muting those punches. But maybe that's why it's it's a ref. It's a it's just a stoppage. Right? Yeah, I don't I don't know. What else I would thought... you call a stoppage other than a TKO? You can't call it a no contest because that assumes that the fight is they're they're not going to have a winner to but it, it. It may change, but to me it looked like Herb Dean had called a TKO right there. Be, you know, and initially, like the the first view that they showed was a, a camera angle from behind Ellenberger, and he went down, and it was an Did odd you just angle. Smell yourself. Well, he didn't know if it was him. Or beef hey stew. Guys. Hey guys, you smell beef stew in here? <laughs> so the camera angle showed him going down. It looked, you know, it was an odd angle with uh, with how his foot was in the fence, and it almost looked like there was an injury there. And then you see Herb Dean, you know, a few seconds later jumping in. So there was confusion there right away. I thought that it was a TKO that was called and. You know, Ryan, I don't know what you thought. I'm sorry, Beef Stew. I don't know what you thought. But it just, it was confusing. See, there you go. There's the Beef Stew, ladies and gentlemen. That is absolutely hideous. <laughs> and I didn't bring that that spray. Oh, that's right. He absolutely hates it. Oh, that's he can't the worst dance. So just to give a little bit of context. So when, when, when Beef Stew here in Sahara went to UFC 205, uh, Sahara has a spray in his car that he keeps just to keep it smelling fresh and so fresh and so clean, clean. And Ryan, it is the worst smelling spray. You're gonna be two to one ever. on this. Two to beef one. stew did not like the smell of it at all, but I do like the smell of beef stew. Oh, that's disgusting. It is. It is absolutely hideous. 
Hopefully it doesn't ooze through in the podcast and spare you, but that is truly disgusting. Dude, come on. I'm serious. There is That is hideous. It is disgusting. That is awesome. My question is, what happened to Jake Ellenberger? He is... He was a really, really good fighter, and now he is... Getting tapped out from a cage. He is... Okay, so back in 2011, he beat Jake Shields, he beat Diego Sanchez, he lost a, a tough fight against Martin Campman, he beat Jay Haran, he beat Nate Marquardt, and since that time, starting in 2013... He is one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh my! Two oh. and six. Dude, that is hideous. What? It is still permeating. Well, that's because it's I have that. I have that. Oh my! It's stuck in his thing. jowls. Yeah, <laughs> those are jowls. That's for sure. He is two and six in the UFC since since 2013. Not the same fighter. Don't know what happened, but he needs to. Do something about that, like my breath. So, and if you look, you can see his opponent says the fence. You see that on uh, on Wiki? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> his opponent, it literally says the fence. So, you know, for all you guys. That's awesome. And girls does that it really? Listening, yeah, it does. Wiki- if you go to Ellen Berger's uh, Wikipedia page, it he shows the result, the his record, <laughs> and then his opponent is the so fence. The, the trapped, fence is one and oh, Trapped then. his toe in the fence yeah. is the notes. No, <laughs> trapped his toe in the fence. That'll get removed once they realize it. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> odd stoppage to it. Brian Stan had, you know, a few things to say about it. Can we, create, that it was can we create a Wikipedia page called The Octagon Fence and have its we first could. victory so, over listen, Here's the deal. If you're foot gets accidentally stuck in the fence you stop the fight and you remove his foot and you restart the fight yes agreed like what's so hard about well, that i don't get it i don't either it's a it's a freak accident or or let it go well yeah i mean well what okay, so let let's it go. go yeah let's go back to 203 with uh, with Travis Brown, good point. And he had that freak injury where his bone popped out of his finger, and they stopped the fight for. They weren't supposed to. And they. But the point that. is, they they did. You know, I mean, it was only what fifteen seconds or so. He pulled it back. Put the. No, you know, they didn't pull it back in, did they? Well, no. I th- I think there was a little more damage to it, than than what we saw with those pictures. But he did something to it and then continued with the fight. I think his, his feelings were damaged more than more than his uh, finger. I don't know. That finger was gross. Well, because it was, because he, he, it was almost he, as nasty as beef stew. He got shown <laughs> up. He got shown up in Cleveland with the new Mister Rousey. That's true. Oh. Which is probably even more hideous than beef stew. So we just keep elevating it here. Cricket. Cricket. cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> All right, so finish your point then. I don't have one. It's Beef obvious. stew. Beef stew. That is, uh, it is, <laughs> we're just going to have to keep you from talking. I can't believe, I mean, I would rather spend time with my nine-year-old son who today had had an episode where he thought he had to toot, and it was a wet <laughs> one. <laughs> so my daughter comes in and says, Daddy, 
I think Jake just pooped his pants. <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate you uh, calling wait, him wait, out on. Well, he, he won't. I'm care. sure we could call him. It's he's ten o'clock. He's still young. He's still. <laughs> he's still four hours. He's still got four hours yeah. in him. And, uh, yeah, only just, because they have these school. kids are night owls. So, all right. So let's then. Um, are we done talking about that? Yes, I yeah. think we should talk about beef stew again. No, nah, we're not talking about beef it, stew. The stew is a brewing. All right, so um, let's go back to the Connor talk and his boxing license. And I forget the guy's name who's with the California State Athletic Commission. I think you, you wanna... should work on your transitions. <laughs> From one topic to another, you got to kind of transition cleaner. I just did. No, no, you like said, let's stop talking about this and we'll start talking about Connor. Okay. That's Fair not enough. a transition. Okay. So let's go That's back abrupt. to the so Connor speaking, talk. So speaking of Connor McGregor, do you guys like uh, hot dogs and macaroni and cheese? <laughs> Is this a trick <laughs> question? I don't even know what to say. Well, you know. That's um, my, that's I don't like hot dogs. Oh, yeah, there's your... Oh, oh I get it now. <laughs> but, um, ching, I'll be here all night. I really thought that there was, like, you were going to tell a story. But then yeah. I think, oh, yeah, you don't know It's anything. pterodactyl. Come on. Yeah. Was there some tie-in with wrestling? No. Well, no, I usually... See, those are actually pretty smooth. <laughs> Not really. I try. All right, can we talk about John Jones? He had an amazing, Wait, he just wanted to talk about amazing interview about. with Joe Rogan that we will get to in just a so bit. So before we <laughs> get to that, Conor McGregor in the news again because of his boxing license. And the guy that sanctions the fights said that he wouldn't... Ryan and I talked about this on uh, on Thursday on our, our Friday edition, um, that he wouldn't sanction a fight with McGregor and Mayweather, not as the first one. Because, first of all, it wouldn't be fair to McGregor because he's got no yeah. professional But if he's getting paid experience. $100 million, come yeah, on. But, so um, what they're looking at is fighter safety. Okay. So then he said he couldn't put him in as, you know, like a, somebody who's You're only You're talking have, about the athletic commission. Yeah, a, athletic But commission. it's not going to, McGregor's not going to box somebody else to try to get to the fight of Mayweather. That's not going to happen. He would have nothing to gain in order to do that. So it's not going to, either, either he fights Mayweather or he doesn't box. Right? Um, I don't know. I, you know who knows what Connor's going to do? He's, I think he's looking at it from a financial point of view. This is a a payday like no but, other. But he, he said is he not himself. going to box. You want to know what he's doing? Yes, there's a chance that he could box Mayweather. Someday. But what he's doing is he's setting himself up for his negotiations with WME and Dana White to have something. Well, you know... I could just fight out my contract. And he wants equity. And then, and, then, and, then, and then, yeah, he wants equity in the company. He's going to negotiate with WWE. He's see, that's a, a smooth transition. You see, I just worked wrestling in there. But it's natural because Connor is going to negotiate with WWE because it fits his script. The more offers that he gets, the better position that he's in. Well, he puts himself in a position to get these offers. Absolutely. Speaking of that. I thought it was very interesting. 
It's the first time I've ever seen this. And maybe it's happened before. It's probably, if it happened before, it's probably happened a while ago. But WWE, the, the WWE 2K17 was a advertiser, was a sponsor of The Ultimate Fighter last night. And don't forget, well, there's another thing I want to talk about The Ultimate Fighter before we move on. But that is very interesting that WWE's logo was inside the octagon last night. And it makes sense, too, because the natural transition for them is that Brock Lesnar is on the cover. So there's a pretty clear... I think that they're starting to see that there is some synergy between wrestling fans and UFC fans. And if, if you just had Brock Lesnar fight and win on UFC 200 then why not go after an audience that already saw him perform in one genre and maybe pull them to another? It's a, there's a clear... I think they're, they're, they're beginning some type of reciprocal they, they, partnership. They have a lot to add to each other. I think their businesses need to learn from the others. And I, I think that they only have, you know... Uh, they only have they only have upside in partnering with each other. I don't see either of those weighing down the other. I could I could see this. They could even do stuff as like the Monday Night Wars. They could do have elements of that where they're like pitting each other against each other. Not not necessarily, but the guy coming in from. WWE, yes, representing WWE. Yeah. The guy coming in to, from the UFC, yes. Conor McGregor, being oh, the it's the guy from UFC. Oh, like they could pull something like that off, and it would. I think that would put a spark into. There, yeah, if you look at it over the years, there's all. I mean, you know, Tank Abbott used to wrestle for WCW. Uh, uh, Ken Shamrock, uh, Dan Severn. Severin? Severin. Severin. Why do I always get that wrong? Dan Severin. We um, screw up names on this show constantly. <laughs> that's true. Hafiel D.A. That's not a screw up. We got Hafiel D.A. Kenny Flo. Kenny Flo. Or, or Ken <laughs> Florian. No, it's Kenny Flo. Who's Ken, Ken Florian? Ken Florian. Who's Ken Florian? Do you know a Ken Florian? I don't. I know Kenny Flo. No such thing. It, well, okay. The same guy as Ken Florian. Oh, okay. So to finish your point, he didn't have one. Yeah, he never has one. Yeah, I, I mean, come on. It's okay. Very the other thing I wanted to talk about is: Did either of you see the attendance last night at the Ultimate Fighter finale? Not good. A lot of empty seats. Las Vegas, Nevada. You got the pound for pound king of the UFC fighting in the main event. And they probably couldn't give tickets away. 2,000. You're kidding. 200 tickets. What is it? What is it seat? It doesn't matter. There were empty ones. Good point. That, my friends, is why Demetrius Johnson will never make big money in the UFC. People just don't care. It's... He has not generated any interest... He has not marketed himself. He is not... It's like he's the polar opposite of Conor McGregor. 
Conor McGregor's been around a short time. Demetrius Johnson's been around a long time. Conor McGregor has purposely gotten people excited about who him and about his brand, about who and and done it while being very successful in the octagon. Demetrius Johnson has been very successful in the octagon and he thinks that's enough. It's not enough. It's I can not tell enough. you it's not enough. Unless you are and, and look, we we're I was gonna say unless you are the best, but in his division, and he is called the pound for pound greatest, it, it it's not enough. It's it's just not enough. You have to be able to market yourself. But you know what? The UFC is um, has has some uh, blame to share in that. You can't just go out and market yourself. Look at look at Connor. They're behind him, but, but Connor but, makes his own. But he's news. generating that though. Right. He's they are capitalizing he, on it. He is generating. They can't. They can't capitalize on Dimitri Johnson's marketing because it's not there. There is right. there's there is not. I I agree. So how how do you take somebody like that who is the power? It's not their responsibility to do it. Um like they're, it's, they're, it is in their best their interest. Their responsibility to have... is to promote the fights, not the fighters. So they promote the fights themselves. The fighters are responsible for self promotion. Promote you, promote your brand, promote, you know, generate interest in yourself. And that's what Conor McGregor is so successful so at. So how, do how does he do that? It's, it's not his personality. It most certainly is. No, no, no. No, I'm saying that's not a type, that's, it's not in his nature to be newsworthy and creating news by... You know things he's doing. It's not in his the same. What about GSP though? I mean, we we had agreed that GSP. The reason why he was over with the fans was because of that long extended fight win streak. But that's not happening with Dimitri Johnson. So what was it about GSP that made him marketable? Um, I am not impressed by your performance. I mean, no, that that that's not that's not draw like that's not going to draw me in saying that like. If anything, it was the karate uniform. It was kind of cool, right? That's different. He's marketable. Those are the types of things. He's a Canadian. He's, um, he has a, an accent. He wears the karate uniform. He, he calls out fighters. So, he, so could Dimitri Johnson dress up like a mouse? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't pro wrestling. <laughs> it's. So going back to what you were saying, um, beefcake, beef stew. <laughs> Maybe if you wore a cape. Who, Ryan? <laughs> no. Do you want me to burp? No, yes. it's still Please. hanging around. Please. But going back to what you said before, the UFC is going to promote the fight. Well, then they didn't do very well with this most recent episode that we saw on Saturday night. And then if that's the case, that's a big letdown for WWE. So how do you think they would feel? Because what are you talking about? wouldn't you? Well, you're talking. What's a big letdown for the WWE? Well, they, I and, mean, they advertised on the yeah, show and they oh. didn't get much of a turnout. Yeah. So, I I don't. Well, we're talking about like so the in octagon, um, the attendance has nothing to do with the value that WWE got. That's the ratings. Right, but you like, know you're like going to see that. Attendance can sometimes be there. Could be a huge live gate, 
and not a great sure not absolutely. a great pay-per-view buy speaking of which not to segue just real quick did did we ever find out what the buy rate was for 205 did they ever release that because that was the biggest gate it was uh it did not make it made history biggest live gate but um i think it was it was under two yeah and i feel like it what was I predicted the biggest i think 1. the biggest 6. was 1.6 yeah i think it did I said I thought it, it wouldn't was one do six one, five. I was gonna say I said it wouldn't. I said it would beat one six, but it wouldn't exceed one seven. Yeah. So that there's another pterodactyl first for you. What so, getting something close? Yeah, well that's pretty close. I mean, no, I, I mean, mean that's the first time you've ever been close in any of your predictions. Well, could be. Yeah, it was. It set a lot of records, largest uh, crowd. In MSG for for that event, um, the largest live gate, uh, largest grossing live gate, and then I'm I think it was like one six five or one six seven, somewhere in that neighborhood. You find it yet? Um, I predicted one seven one. So, but we have this event that then you know the UFC didn't do themselves justice if, if they couldn't get enough interest locally to get people there. Because you know Vegas, there's always a buzz in Vegas about all kinds of stuff going on. And they couldn't get a sellout crowd there for what they were definitely promoting locally in Vegas. I don't think that it was heavy viewership either. And it wasn't a sexy, attractive card that would draw you in and say, I got to see this card. Like 205 was. So then how does Demetrius Johnson capitalize on what's going on with him? What's been going on with him for a few years now and his run through that division being the only flyaway champ, what's he supposed to do? How does he market himself? Because you talked about it before when we had covered that fight up in Akron. And how do those fighters take where they're at now and put themselves on a stage that gets people looking at them and live an interesting yeah, life. That's, want that's to see what's things. going on inside the octagon with them that they're taking notice. You got to be a star. I mean, if, if you, if, if you, if your life looks like everybody else's life, then that's not going to really attract or draw attention. Like I know in the wrestling business, they said, look, if you look like somebody out in the audience, nobody's going to pay to see you. <laughs> right. So Kevin Owens. Yeah. He looks like someone in the audience. He does. But he doesn't talk like it. It's true. That's where he brings his value. It's true. Even though you didn't like him, you were along. It took you a little while. I didn't like him. You're not a fan of his? No, in 2008 at a Ring of Honor show, I told him he needed to hit the gym. And by told him, you you, you screamed at him from the stands. Yeah, but I, everybody else was cheering for him, and he called me out because I was literally, me and my buddy were the only ones not cheering for him. So it kind of ended up in a dialogue. It's not as good as when Ryan goes to an event, though. Ryan actually got Brock Lesnar's attention. <laughs> Overeem! And he gets this snide look and quickly turns his head wow. he heard me okay so mighty mouse where does he go from here who's the next one in line for him 
Uh, I don't know that anybody cares at this point. Right. I mean, it's just going to be another another fight, probably another so, win. Well, his next fight is probably going to be Benavidez. You know, it, it just there's there really isn't anybody else. And they talk about the super fight between him and Dominic Cruz. Maybe he should fight Ronda Rousey or Cyborg. <laughs> That'd be an interesting fight. Although I think Cyborg might have the advantage just simply because of her height. She's 5'8". Look at Tim Elliott. He's 5'7". That's, that's a huge flyweight. And they talk about if he matches up against Cruz, Cruz has the advantage simply because of his size. So so why, why don't we see an intergender fight? I mean, I'm okay. surprised that... That's never happening. But are, won't some people say that that is, like, discrimination? I Dana White doesn't care about that. He's not going to back down to... You know, something that's politically correct. Can we go back and talk about something on the um, on the pay-per-view, on the fights last night, not the, the, the Ultimate Fighter? Did either of you see Ryan Hall and, and, and Gray Maynard? The chase or the run? What do you want to call it? Oh, I don't, wouldn't call it a run. The flop? I mean, so you got to see this fight. Ryan Hall is a very unique and gifted fighter. He's a jiu-jitsu, he's very good at jiu-jitsu, very good at, at grappling, and and now he's really developed some a good kicking game. But as soon as someone comes in in at him, he flops on the ground and and, and either goes for a heel hook or, or like a takedown that way or just flops on the ground and hopes you get on top of him. If you get on top of him, you're you're in trouble. So anytime he gets in any type of danger, he just flops on the ground. It, it is so weird. It is very weird. And, you know, so Gray Maynard f- fights him yesterday. Gets, you know, strikes landed, gets destroyed. Is so frustrated by the end of the fight, he can barely even, like, Look at the dude after the fight. If I was ever going to, like, just try to become a fighter just to make my opponent really frustrated, I would just study Ryan Hall because he's got it going on. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where his career goes because he he's very he's very interesting fighter. I, 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 li- I like watching him fight. It's very different. It's something you will never, you've never seen before. Well, I mean, we saw that with Tim Elliott too. Odd fighting style. Awkward. It's, He's yeah. more awkward. That's just. See, I thought that was. I thought he was more odd than awkward. Like I see Dominic Cruz as awkward. You know what? They're the, they're the same. It's same same no, movement. No, no, like how he not, moves yeah. around. No, no, weird. It's like the like the weird like hunchback head fake as I think of with Dominic Cruz. It just looks like whereas Tim Elliott was kind of like sporadic. Tim Elliott's cool. hard to, hard to uh, hit. Yeah, and Mighty Mouse is an effective striker, and he he couldn't really land big shots on him. Not not at least not on a consistent basis. And those movements are odd, and you know we call. Dominic Cruz, a a boring fighter. I think uh, Dillashaw, when when he fought him, said the same thing. Dillashaw couldn't do anything against him. There's he just he couldn't 
land anything and was frustrated. I can't wait to see what Cody Garbrandt does. Yeah. I don't know that he will do anything. I just can't wait to see what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Have we talked about that one, Ryan? And um, well, it's, we still got. I mean, we've got. Yeah, I know we got time. Two hundred six is still in the middle, but uh, my early prediction for that, if you know, if we want to talk about that for a second, is um, I see Cruz walking away. With yeah, that. probably. But I, I hope that Garbrandt lays it all out and makes it a good fight. I think he will. I think he'll go for the knockout, which will expose him or leave him open for Cruz to connect us, you know, with something or, you know, catch him um, to where he can put him in a submission. I'll tell you what would be nice. Cruz usually decisions people. Yeah. Because he's a boring fighter. I don't know if he's boring. I mean, are, are you entertained by him? I wouldn't. I don't know that I would say the word boring. I just think he's boring. Okay, you sound no, bored talking about him. I I sound tired is what I sound. Um. Good. All right. So we've got um. Some other news with uh, with John Jones. We talked about this briefly, um, I think, on our last podcast and. The trouble that seems to be following him at least the last couple of years, and he said that he's defeat, defeated his demons now. Well, look. So, so one of the, one of the things that was out there was he wanted to make sure that he wasn't known as the steroid guy, right? Because one of the things that he was popped for was uh, an estrogen blocker, which is what's commonly taken after a cycle of steroids, right? So he he said. <laughs> I won't use the language that he said, but it was a male enhancement pill. It was a off-brand male enhancement pill. You were talking uh, about wieners earlier? <laughs> yeah. So, so anyways, it was an off-brand male enhancement pill that was actually what got him to fail this latest mm-hmm. drug test. And he, he said that he would rather be known as, quote, boner boy than uh, steroid guy. So it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean... It, the, the way, you know, I, I got to listen to all two hours of the interview. Big John Jones fan. And there was a lot of transparency. He did note that he, he had his publicist with him. Uh, they, they didn't want him to do it alone. But he did speak with a lot of transparency. And I, do, do I think that he has conquered his demons? I, I don't. I really don't. Um, do I think that he might have them at bay? I'm hoping. You know, because at, at this point, he will be eligible to fight in July. Um, I guess he, you know, wouldn't be in time for the if there's a big July Fourth uh, weekend card, uh, he wouldn't be eligible for that. Uh, but it was based on July seventh, I believe, right? Because that's two days before uh, two hundred. So, look, he's he if he can if he can keep himself on the straight and narrow. I think, look, at this point, if he hasn't realized that before he puts anything in his body, it needs to not only be re- re- be reported to Usada which I don't know if that would have helped. That wasn't The estrogen blockers weren't on the ingredient to that third-brand uh, Cialis pill or whatever it was called. But he needs to be reporting everything, and he needs, to very, uh, he needs to be very careful about what he puts into his body. If he can do those things, I think he'll be fine for a while. But, you know, he's 28 years old. He still has a lot of potential runway, but it's so hard 
to really, um, you know, defeat those demons, it's like they're always lurking there. So I hope him, I hope, I hope for for him and all of the fans that he can turn things around. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I I have a hard time knowing what to root for for with John Jones. I'm, I'm kind of torn. So I hope he gets back, and I don't know. I, I, I can't – it's hard for me to root for him. So, I mean, he's so dominant, though, that if he comes back, he's going to win. And so I'm like, uh, I just want him to come back and lose. Like, come back, be healthy, and lose. Maybe he should just fight drunk, blackout drunk. Well, actually, he said that what he would typically do is for the week before the fight, he would he would drink heavily. And he said it was a mental crutch for him because if he loses the fight, he can blame it on drinking, right? So it's like it's kind of like if you know when you guys were in school, well, I didn't really study for this test and I still got a C, right? But imagine you study and you put all this work into it and then you get a C. It's like, well, geez, my best wasn't good enough. So he's he's got. I mean, look, he's 28 years old. Think about where you guys were at at 28. I know that I've uh, developed more since. Being 28 years He's old, like, wait, 30. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of wisdom that comes when you when you get past the the 30 uh, the 30 year mark. So there's hope for you. <laughs> I've already passed it. You're gonna get some chest hair next year. Huh? That's right. Oh, whoa, whoa. Okay, you know John Jones. We talked about him before on prior podcasts, and I. I'm pulling for him because I want to see the story where he fights through these demons that he's talking about and he's able to defeat them. You know, that there's a story of redemption. He's, you know, he's talked about being a Christian and, you know, in that lifestyle, you are well aware of redemption. I'd like to see that happen with him. My opinion is that you know things i think it's it's just going to continue it's going to snowball and i don't see him really coming out of this this is a guy to me that has had fame go to his head and when he looks in the mirror every day he sees john jones you I, know at i one... think the problem with him is through all of this he still has never failed in the octagon so he still sees, he still, he need he hasn't hit like rock bottom yet. I agree. Right, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Until it affects his performance in the right. cage, yeah. he's not going to, I mean, he may do it for a time period, but he's going to forget and fall back into the same old things and, and be lost again. Yep. Yeah. And, and I hate to say that because I want nothing but the best for him and his personal life. And, and as a fan, I'd love to see him fight. But I think you're right. I don't think he hit bottom. I mean, he hit that in that hit and run. It was a pregnant woman, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that could have, she could have lost her child. She could have been killed. He could have done, you know, time in jail, um, you know, and there's so many things worse that could have happened. And my initial thought with that is he's, there's still something in the back of his head that says, Hey man, even when you screw up, you're still you know you're still untouchable. You're still the best 
light heavyweight in the world. Yeah. Potentially, you uh, you could go up to heavyweight and make, you know, make an impact there. I just don't. I just don't see him him long term changing. He might change until he forgets that he was low again. Yeah. I don't know. I he he had he had made a few points. He said that he's done smoking marijuana. He said that he just didn't think that that put him in a good place. But uh, he said that he did see himself at a point of being able to drink responsibly. And he said mm. that alcohol's not his problem. He said that it was. Uh, I I can't remember what it is now. Look, all of these things are are, are obvious, clear red flags. And only time will tell whether or not they're they're true. It's just you know you hate that you'd rather see him say you know what I'm done with all of that stuff. The people that I used to hang I out. I thought with. he was saying that. So he's saying, oh, I'm still drinking. No, 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 no. He's not drinking right now. He is sober. He says that he sees, you know, most alcoholics, which I don't know that he was necessarily an alcoholic, but anybody that's an alcoholic can't have one drink. You just can't. It was either blackout drunk or you're not going to drink. You can't touch it ever. Right. But but he seems to think that he, he you know, there's going to be a day at some point that he can have a beer or a glass of wine. And, you know, I'd like to believe that's him, just well, that's just setting yourself up. That's why risk it. Yeah. Well, why you, you are the greatest. You are the greatest light heavyweight. Well, in MMA. And and over the, the the thrill and joy of having a beer or a glass of wine, you're gonna you're gonna put he yourself. He told you exactly why he would do it. He used to do it purposely to counter to give himself a built-in excuse. That's the mindset he has. He he he's doing that he's giving, same he's thing right now. He's, he's giving, giving himself, himself an out right now. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. He's setting himself up for an out. Yeah, next time. A, well, yeah, I thought I, I realize, could do it. I realize now I, th- I can't have it at all. Correct. Yep. yep. He's yep. giving himself his next out. Yep. It's sad, but true. And, and and when I say that it's true, I mean, I hope that I'm wrong. I usually am. I, I hope on this one that I'm wrong. What you're usually wrong with is stuff that is directly related to MMA. That's a good point. Anything just, that happens inside the cage, I'm usually wrong on predictions. Yeah, so what that does is puts that division in turmoil because DC can't stay healthy enough to to hold a fight. Um, so so then you you have Rumble who is standing there with you know his hands are tied. He can't go and fight Musasi because if he loses that, that hurts his. Yeah, why uh, would he? Right, there, he nothing has to nothing to gain and, from and, that. And Musasi's on a, a nice, pretty nice fight. Yes, streak. he is. So, and Musasi's got everything to gain with that, no matter the outcome. Um, ideally, he obviously he wants to win that, but for for Rumble, he's standing there in a division that, you know, at the top there's turmoil, and you know, what does the UFC do to try and, you know, keep that from being an ongoing issue? And I think uh, recently he just said um, he was going to maybe take on a heavyweight, move up to heavyweight for 206 just to stay active. But, um, I, you know, I forget who were his uh, potential matchups, but I think the UFC is the one who, you know, said we're just taking you out of the event altogether. 
It is pretty crazy though to go from light heavy light heavyweight to heavyweight. There's a fifty pound difference there. I wonder if at some point you'll see another weight division. Well, most most of the heavyweights weigh around two forty, and that's what Rumble would come in at. Yeah, he's just a guy that can cut. I mean, do you know he used to fight at one seventy? Wow. And he used to miss weight a lot, and then next thing you know, the next thing you know, he's, he's hanging out with Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah, right. well, that's Kel- <laughs> Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah. Which, you know, he's going to be fighting at 206. Is, is that official? Yeah. Is it officially yeah. official yeah. now? It is. So he's he's announced on the card. and um, Well, I mean, if he makes weight. Yeah. Which, he better make weight. He's Isn't this for 185? Yes, it is. Which, you know, he's, he's probably a true 185 and could probably go up to uh, light heavyweight, you know, fight at 205 and, you know, have no problem. There, I could see him ba- bouncing back and forth, but we've already talked too much about Kelvin Gastelum. I'm not yeah. a fan of him. I, I'm a fan of him as a fighter. I just think he's fighting in the wrong weight class, and he should not. I don't think he should ever be booked to fight at 170 again. Same kind of thing that happened with Anthony Johnson. He was no longer eligible to fight it at 170. Yeah. So if we keep on the discussion, um, we're going to be wrapping it up here, but... Um, staying in the light heavyweight division, the guy that we just saw most recently, Ryan, was Ryan Bader. So, <clears throat> Rumble, you know, if he you know, is able to take out Cormier or if Cormier is able to defend, if they ever get back together, I think that's the guy, um, either him or maybe the next fight we see, um, aside from Johnson and, and Cormier, is is going to be Bader and Musasi. If Bader can come out and fight the same way that he did in his most recent match, where he just was a destroyer and on a mission, that's a fight that you know could potentially go down as one for the ages, one of those legendary fights. Um, but aside from from those fighters, you know, there's not much to speak of in the light heavyweight division. Well, taking a look at, I'm, I mean, gonna... Glover Teixeira, he's he's ranked, but you know what? What's he done recently? Um, we saw uh, Manawa at the uh, the UK fight. I think there's some um, young guys in the in the division that um, they can they can you know there's some young guys in the in the top 15 that can start making a dent in that division. But, I mean, they, those divisions all go through cycles. You know, when the, the older guys, the guys as they get up in age, they'll start being replaced by those younger lions that have that fire that, um, you know, and the more, the longer this sport exists, the more talent these divisions are going to have, especially the larger divisions. Your, your smaller divisions are talent-laden because w- they're not playing perfect. The best athletes in the world that are 155 pounds, what are they doing? They're not big enough to play American sports. So they might go play soccer somewhere in, in the U.S. Or, but your best athletes that are 205 pounds that, that are John Jones' size are in the NFL, the NBA. They're Major League Baseball players. They're in the... 
you know, they're playing prof other professional sports, but as the UFC grows and as MMA grows and as kids are interested at a younger age and they want to wrestle Absolutely. and they want to take jujitsu classes and they want to take Muay Thai classes and that builds up and the money builds up and the talent builds up, then there's going to be 205ers that have been, that have been trying to become a mixed martial well, artist we since they were two eight years old. Last night. We just saw two of them on Saturday. Yeah. Um, but it's a division that, um, that's that got a few fighters in there that, that are older. Cormier, um, isn't he? He's, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> it's almost as bad as the beef stew. Um, Cormier's up there in age. Glover Teixeira, um, Noguera. Uh, who else is in that division? Shogun, Shogun Rua. Hua. <clears throat> Hua. I call him Rua. I know that it's, you know, in Brazil, you're supposed to say Hua. But that's like one of the old guys that is out of there. So Rashad the, Evans, The too. top 15, you got you got champion Daniel Cormier. 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 Anthony, jo Cormier. Anthony Rumble Johnson. Gustafsson. Glover Teixeira. Ryan Bader. Jimmy Manawa. O OSP. Shogun. Krylov, Corey Anderson, who is who is a beast. Um, Nogueira, who I think should retire. Right. Is that big nog or little nog? That's little nog. Um, Latifi, Patrick Cummings, Cummings, he he could potent he has potential. Um, you know he came in the UFC fighting Cor Cormier right off the bat and Cormier. Cormier. <laughs> um, right off but the he's still middle-aged. He's uh, in his mid-30s. Oh, uh, yeah. He's still... I mean, see, that's what I, I mean. For that, that division, though, you know, there's going to be a quick changeover if, if Jones doesn't get his act together. And as of right now, he's still got a long ways to go before he can even... Fight again? Well, he's well, got think, he's got seven months till he can fight. Yeah, for suspension. I think that's even more true with the heavyweight division. You look at the heavyweights. You got Stipe, and and who's solid champ, but he's also not young. Stipe's like thirty four years old. Verdum is is past his prime. Like we saw him in in uh, Cleveland. He, he's slow. He is. Not what he used to be. Even three years ago, I thought he was at his prime. He is, he is has a couple fights left in him. Cain Velasquez, if he could stay healthy, would be right up there with Stipe. I think he's going to be the next champ. Stipe or Cain's awesome, but yeah. he can't stay healthy. He's always getting hurt. Um, well, you're going to have that with the big guys though. The bit the bigger um, weight divisions are more susceptible to that. They're just putting, well, you know, they're taking he's a lot more of injured than anyone in that division. Um, Alistair Overeem went to the mountaintop and got stomped down. Junior Dos Santos, since he won the belt, has not looked the same since then. Ben Rothwell is up there in age. Josh Junior Barnett's Santos, up there though, in age. Is Mark, Mark Hunt is up there in age. Andre Olovsky's up there in age. Travis Brown. Travis Brown's a... He's a stiff. Mr. Rousey. He, <laughs> he had so much promise, and I don't know what happened to him, but Derek Lewis, there's your 
I don't know. How old is Derek Lewis? I think he's like 30, I think. Yeah, well, he could. I mean, that's young for the division at this point. Yeah, so we've got him. Struve, I think, is around the same age. Yeah, I don't, I don't Who, think You don't know is. what you're going to get coming from him, though. Exactly. And then a bunch of guys from other countries. Well, yeah. all these guys are from other countries, but guys whose names I'm not going to try to pronounce. Um, so that is an that's an old division. Every guy on there is in his almost every guy on there is in his mid mid thirties or later. So then, to me, that would bode well for the UFC if they got the, if they push the right guys and put them in position to to maybe make some noise. You know, they got new stars to to tout mm-hmm. and potentially bring in new fans. Well, hopefully you could bring in guys that are willing to market themselves and willing to go the extra mile to gain a fan base and be be a little bit out there, put himself out there and 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 be a character and and uh those are the people that we get behind. As long as the character is a natural enhanced extension of yourself. Yes. That's great. Be a character. Just like I'm a character. You know, I turn yeah, my vo- yeah. I turn my volume up for for you guys. Oh, it's loud. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I see Good. The, the the peaking on. Yeah, here. we can see. Good on, voice on of an monitor. angel. The voice of an angel. Well, they don't. You're the only one that says that. No, I said it. <clears throat> in uh, in jest. No, I said it because he says it. Okay. He's the self-proclaimed. Terry Dackel, the voice of an angel. Okay, so come on, host. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up, but um, we got because <laughs> I've had enough of both of you guys. <laughs> I got kids to get home to and, and put to bed. Hey, they'll still be they'll, up. They they, Dude, they might, still got four more hours. They to might go. still be up. <laughs> it's only ten forty six right. right now, p.m. on Sunday night. It's not like it's two in the morning right. where they're starting to get ready for bed. Okay, so closing thoughts. Cheeseburger. Uh, Two. I would have really liked to talk about UFC 206 tonight since it's coming up this weekend. Um, We'll probably have another podcast middle of the week. Okay. and uh, Because I think Max Holloway and Anthony Pettis is every bit worthy of main event pay-per-view status. And I will tell you why when we do our next podcast. That's Terry. copywriting. I like that. That's that's selling. Terry? Yes. Um, as a casual fan, I got to tell you, um, no interest in this coming Saturday's pay per view. None. Now look, I, I've grown to Drew Dober's on the card. I know, but I'm. I and of course, if you guys are that's watching, Saturday. I'll watch it. Right, but um, if uh, if I've learned anything so far, it's that beef stew Ryan Middleton when he gives his recommendation on something. I need to give a serious nod to it because I, I've grown to appreciate his suggestions. So if he says that Max Holloway and Anthony Pettis is going to be every bit the main event uh, that you know any other big big card could be, then I've got to respect that. So I don't know what I'm looking forward to other than you beef know, stew. Other than beef stew. Well, 206 without you know that the original uh, main event was a pretty good card and it's you mean still Cormier Cormier <laughs> Cormier what's your right? name again what do you mean what's my name what's your name 
My name it is doesn't Matt. matter what your name yeah, is. I think you picked that up off of the last podcast. I picked it up off the rock circa yeah, 1998. Yeah. So, so that's your clothes. You just wanted another tie-in with wrestling. <laughs> Pretty much. But it's all in the 90s wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it's because today's wrestling is not that great. But it's still a decent card. 206 is still a decent card. Cerrone's on it. Cerrone and Matt Cerrone Brown. Cerrone and Matt Brown. But you know what? Uh, that's like, I would expect to see that headline uh, FS1 card. Yeah, that's why it's not the main event. Right. I mean, your co-main event is probably a slight step up. So, a slight step up from your typical... you got to remember, guys, I'm getting spoiled. I mean, I've got 207 coming up. We had 205. We saw 203 live. Well, we um, saw 205 live, too. But Oh, good point. Good point. I always forget that. And if the emails... If Jim ever gets an email from the <laughs> UFC... I'm waiting, Ryan. What kind I of think email? it's coming. What's going on with us live covering uh, 206? Jim needs to get his credential. You have your credential? I need to get my passport. Do you have... Are you credentialed? No. Okay. I do have a passport that would be that I could get well, into Canada. I, I don't think we would be able to get credentialed for two oh six anyway. Yeah, I think it's too close. Two oh seven, Vegas. No. Huh? I'm not going out to Vegas. Yeah, no, so we talked we I think we talked about this um off the air that it's you know, it's just a matter of time coming, but uh it's probably gonna be like a fight night. It's no yeah. wonder why Jim's kids stay up so late. Why? Why? Because he's he's really bad at closing things. Good point. Good yeah. point. You two won't shut up. <laughs> We're waiting for you to wrap it up. Okay, so you're 20 minutes <laughs> over the mark. You realize that? I've only been I'm just... five minutes. This is podcast number 10 or 11. 11. Plus the extra one. But of the uh, one where we're targeting one hour... You are 22 minutes over at this point. Yeah, And true. I'm okay with that. All this bonus coverage that <laughs> bonus the fans coverage. get. <laughs> it's yeah. a bonus edition. There you go. There you have it. The, That'll be the tagline. The leaderless edition. The leaderless version. Not special edition. <laughs> bonus edition featuring. The 12-inch guns, Sahara Mooney. Beef stew also. Beef, beef stew makes his beef appearance. stew, Terry Dagdle, and twelve inch. <laughs> okay, so that's it. That's gonna wrap up our show for wait, this wait, week. Wait, wait, wait! I just gotta say something else. That's it. That's gonna wrap up the our w- show for this week. WWE. The thing you said about WWE. Yeah. So here, here's something that you probably don't fully know yet, but WWE is having a pay per view event. It in Pittsburgh. What's the date? The 18th. 18th. Right. Yeah, December 18th. So my wife knows somebody who knows somebody that said, hey, you know, we do this uh, thing where you're a seat filler, and we can probably get you guys on if you guys want to do that. So we're signed up to be seat fillers. What that means is during the pay-per-view, when people get up, go to the bathroom, go get their concessions and stuff, they don't want the camera shots going like the background, like the FS1 cards that we saw last night. They don't want it to look like that. They don't want to <laughs> show camera shots with empty seats. So they get like 20 people. I don't know how many, I'm guessing. Maybe 20 people, they're seat fillers, that when people get out of their seats, they say, go go sit there, there until they get back. 
Once they get back, you just get up and move. So we will get to go there for free and be seat fillers. Thanks. I appreciate you, you yeah. filling I, me in on this and including me. You don't like on, WWE. Dude, I talked to you about how Jake loves it. His, okay. his favorite so, wrestler. Wait, he's got you two are players. not Jake. Yeah. John Cena. And Roman Reigns. But he talks Jake, about him all the time. What about yeah, you? That's not it's you. It's a father-son thing. Oh, so you guys have gone to a live event? We haven't gone to a live event. But, oh, okay. But, so yeah, we, we have. Um, so just to be clear. Yeah. No, yeah. back, um, you know, this is back in the uh, the late 80s, um, early 90s. I used to go to the events in Pittsburgh. <laughs> that was You went on your 60th birthday in the late 80s. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I saw you there. You're... You were like, you graduated he used to with sit next classy to Freddie Blassie. He sat next to Ringside Rosie yeah. in Pittsburgh. He, uh, he, he graduated, you know, he graduated high school with classy Freddie Blassie, right? Dude. I'll wrap you with my cane, you pencil neck geeks. You remember him, right? I do, yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? Well, because I thought maybe he was his uncle or something. Wow. No, they're the same age. Okay, so. I think we, we carried on a little bit too much. We're talking about age. I think we've all aged a little bit going over time. And we're going to wrap it up right here. I've Coming had up- three birthdays since we started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Host with the most. You're so funny. Okay, so we're going to come back middle of the week. We're going to be talking about um, the fight night happening Friday with uh, with Derek Lewis and Abdurakimov. And uh, and then um, some 206 talk. So look forward. Uh, you know, look, we'll talk to you middle of the week um, with that info. Go to octagon247.com to catch up on uh, some of the things we're going to be posting. We want to thank you once again. Um, I am Jim Sahara Mooney, speaking for Ryan Beef Stew Middleton. I like it. Making his debut tonight. I like it. And always in the house, no matter what, if he's not here physically, I'm always here. He's here in spirit. And that is Dan Terrydactyl.com. Oh, that's right. Terrydactyl.com. Don't forget, look for that website coming out sometime in the near decade. In the near never. Right. So that's it. We're going to wrap it up right here. We appreciate you all coming back and tuning in to the MMA FanCast. It's MMA FanCast. It's the oh, MMA FanCast. you know what we forgot to mention? Absolutely nothing. I think we've there talked about go. everything. That's it. We'll see you soon. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good week, and God bless. Oh, are you done? Do you want to <laughs> <wanna> cut? <laughs> that wasn't the ending, was it? Well, you weren't ending that like that, were you? <laughs> can can you can you end it? Can you wrap wrap it up, Jim? Come on, let's wrap it up. Is that it right there? Is that it? Is that the laugh? <laughs>